Hi, everyone. This is Fox News Roop Raj on the May 18th, 2023 edition of Let It Rip. We talk about Title 42. You heard about that. Of course, that's the border policy that has now expired. People were concerned that there would be a surge of migrants. Didn't happen. We're talking to U.S. Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and a Republican strategist as well. Also, one school district in Metro Detroit says, hey, you know what? Let's get rid of honors math. Why would they do that? We're checking it out. So let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip. It's really a disaster. I've never seen anything worse. We are processing people safely, orderly, and humanely. Border towns bracing as migrants wait to cross into the U.S. Title 42, a week expired. So is Detroit, a sanctuary city, going to see a surge? And what needs to be done in Congress to stop the problem from getting worse? Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and former Oakland County Republican Chair Rocky Rutschkowski square off. But first... Division in a Metro Detroit school district over the board's decision to subtract the honors math track at the middle school level. Parents say it doesn't add up to a good education, but the district says it's all about bridging a gap. So which side is correct? And do more districts need to make the switch? Two parents and the former Detroit Teachers Federation head debate starting now. All right, time now to let it rip with Mariana Paracas, a Troy Schools parent, Dennis Kraniak, a marketing strategist and parent as well with strong opinions on this topic, and Keith Thompson, the former head of Detroit's Federation of Teachers. You may recognize him from years ago, a lot of his advocacy and work in education, and our own attorney and anchor, Charlie Langton. It's good to see all of you today. Thanks for joining us. I think we should probably begin with the parent. Uh, so basically, Troy Schools is saying this tracked learning that we were doing before when it came to middle school math classes. Uh, let's go ahead and get rid of that. We shouldn't have that in middle school. Kids can do that later on in life. What do you think about that policy? I think it's a mistake and I think it's also not really what's going on. I think that Teachers are told that they need to differentiate their um, instruction from the time they get in. And they're encouraged to do that, which is the right thing to do. All kids need to push at their level. So you start in kindergarten and you're in the you know, the alligator group or the giraffe group or the elephant group. So there's tracking going on whether or not they talk about it. So then they go, so they finally get to fifth grade and they, they allow them on an honors track. By fifth grade, there's a pretty large disparity. So. Now they're saying it's too early to, to label kids on a track and let's delay that and, and wait till, till eighth grade to do that. But the problem is, is that the disparity is so large at that point that the kids <clears throat> are all in the same classroom and it makes it very difficult for the teachers to differentiate on so many different le levels. And the, the underperformers are going to really struggle and the the advanced kids are also going to have a very difficult time being challenged. And so the, the school board basically decided this week, hey, six to one, only one dissenting vote in this, six to one, hey, we should just go ahead and do this. And keep in mind, in California right now, in Los Angeles and other cities, they're saying, hey, we got to get rid of these honors classes because this is not fair and doesn't honor uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so I bring into the mix Keith Thompson, who of course knows very Johnson. well. Johnson, Johnson, excuse Johnson. me, I said Thompson. <laughs> Keith Johnson. Uh, Keith, a little bit about why, do you think that that's fair? Do you think that that's a good idea for the sake of diversity, equity, and inclusion? No, uh, Rupe, I'm vehemently uh, in disagreement with it for this reason. We, when you have accelerated learners, you try and channel them into acceler accelerated learning programs. It's my belief 
that by eliminating the honors programs, you're going to end up compromising the learning capacity of those accelerated learners. As someone who at one time taught in the middle school, although most of my time was spent teaching high school, I taught an AP class, advanced placement class. Every one of those students that I taught at Bovian Junior High School at the time went to either CAS or Renaissance. They were very quick learners. They were very studious. And on top of that, I also believe that it compromises the teacher's ability to expand her, her, her own curriculum. When you have students who grasp concepts and then can apply those concepts almost immediately, that gives you the opportunity to broaden what you're able to do within your curriculum. Normally, we aren't in favor of homogeneous classrooms, right. but when you're talking about accelerated learners and you still want to try to address the needs of those other students, I don't believe that they're uh, uh, inextricably linked. I, in fact, I believe they're mutually exclusive. You don't have to do one at the expense of the other. You can still focus on raising the, the improvement levels of those students who may not be accelerated learners, but you don't have to do it by compromising the learning capacity for those students who are accelerated learners. And I got to tell you, as a kid who went to Troy High School, myself in the Troy schools, I did not do well at math or science, much like many journalists, by the way. I think that's safe to say. My brother did very well in math, and he was bused from the middle school to the high school to take advanced classes. And many of the parents who move their kids to certain districts like Troy do it because they want those honors classes. It's part of the package deal of paying taxes in a city like Troy. And this, they believe, is being taken away. But Dennis, you have a different point of view when it comes to this. What are the advantages of taking away this track learning so early on and kind of stripping the honors program away from middle school? Yeah, so first of all, I think that's an oversimplification. I don't think they're stripping away an honors program. In middle school, sixth and seventh no, grade? Listen, I, I think if you re watch the video that Troy put out, they're talking about you're going to get to eighth grade, and you could get to the same level you're in eighth grade whether you use the existing honors program they have or this new program that they're putting in place. And so the question that I have for you and for you and for me as a parent is, is it working now? Has that worked? Are we succeeding across the country? Are our students excelling at high levels compared to the rest of the world in math and science? And we haven't been, right? We've been slipping and slipping and slipping. And Troy is looking at their own scores, right? The NWAA and the MSTEP scores, and they've been slipping. So they went and they conducted a study for several years and said, this is our new approach based on data and input on how to get higher scores for our students. Now, the cost of that is that the accelerated advanced students that are highly engaged and have great families that are supporting everything they do, like you, m might be paying a price because they're not going to get the specialized education they, were get it, they would get in sixth and seventh grade. But they're saying that no, they're, they're, they will. It's not a new math, it's a new way of teaching. And Troy, who has a phenomenal reputation, right, for being a top-notch, top-tier school district in our state and in the country, they seem to have the buy-in for this among, amongst the teachers and the and But 27, close to 2,000 parents signed a petition saying, we're not buying in on this. And Dennis, keep in mind that you're saying they're not stripping away honors classes, and that's an oversimplification. But if you're sending your kid to a middle school in Troy and you expect them to accelerate at a certain level, you are taking away the sixth and seventh grade honors program. Rube, if, if, if I can jump in, yeah. Dennis. You know, one of Dennis's arguments, and I, and I respect his position, is with relation to scores. And we put so much emphasis on scores uh, in standardized tests. 
children don't have standardized minds. I agree with you there. You know, now I do believe that standardized tests should be a component, but we believe in multiple measures. You know, when I was a classroom teacher, I could have students who may know subject matter backward and forward when we're talking about it, but you put a test in front of them and, and they go blank. And many of our students, if you ask them, if they, if they were to ask you, is this going to impact my grade, you have to tell them the truth. Yeah, no, it's not going to impact your grade. However, uh, it may impact you know, your, ex your access to higher education opportunities. They're concerned about the here and now. But isn't it, there a problem, and I, I don't know uh, which way you come down on this issue, though. Students in sixth and seventh grade are still going to get uh, math. And there's some test out ops you can test out, which makes it even more complicated from what I understand. So a kid that is a smart kid that tests out, what is that kid going to do? I don't know. I think, there, though, isn't there a, an idea, though, that they want to be everyone to be equal and start this more accelerated program later on in life, but eighth grade? But they're never equal, and, though, and that's, Charlie. That's, that's the problem. But never Mariana, what, would you say, is it, is yeah. it fair to say that all students have equal aptitude at the sixth grade level to come into a class? I certainly didn't have equal level of math understanding as my brother. Correct, and, and that is where I, I disagree. And I also want to make clear a little bit about what's actually going on, because in the sixth grade, the, the, so really, the, it's a new curriculum. They want to do, they want to dive deeper and do deep learning. That's what they're calling it. Yep. And I have yeah. no issue Wait a with minute. this new. How old are these kids in sixth grade, by what the about way? 11, 11 13, years old. Years and so old. now, wait a minute, wait a minute. All my friends are in honors, but me, I'm not in honors. How do I feel? I'm the dumb one in my friends. And you're putting the pressure now on an 11-year-old kid to yep. test into the honors? And if I can't make it and I'm in the dumb class, what does that do to a kid? Okay, I'll tell you exactly. And, that, and, and, that, and I'm very glad you brought that up because I want everyone to understand. That's very convincing. Very, good, very nice, Charlie. I, I want everyone to understand what's, what's going to happen. Please. Because you're killing these kids. Well, I love let, it. Let her answer. Let her answer. Go on, Mariana. The overwhelming, there, there's a huge group of parents who's been, who have been asking how to test out because they're not going to sit and wait and watch their kid go into sixth grade and then seventh grade and what I wanted to say is that these this new curriculum, which I don't have a problem with, has not been tested in a D-leveled classroom. They've tested it in sixth grade, they've tested it in an advanced class, and they want to roll it out in the fall in a D-leveled classroom, which has never done before. Nor do they have any data that it will work. So what they're telling us is that our children will be able to choose algebra in eighth grade, which is what they can currently do. But what they cannot tell us is that they will be prepared to take algebra. My kid can choose it, but they, won't, they might not be prepared. But I want to get back really quick to this test out because it's really important. What is happening is right now all kids can test out if they want. The Troy School District is telling parents if you guys want to test out, we're now going to offer the test out in school during school hours. We are going to give you your score with feedback, which they've never done before and give them a second bite at the apple and let them take that test at the end of the summer, okay? So what the message is that the Troy School District is sending to families is go ahead and teach your kids at home on their own so they can test out and accelerate. So you know what that means? It means that the, the kids with savvy parents who have the means to send them to Kumon, get private tutors, send them to summer school, they're all gonna be testing out and getting ahead. Keith, and that is the Keith, inequity Keith, this in all is, of this. This is the inequity that we're talking about that California's talking about is Troy heading that way? I hope not. And, and, and let me say, 
whatever they implement for the sake of the children, I hope that it does work. But, you know, Charlie made reference to, I'm the dumb kid. And I, when, when you look at, at children in any school, it resembles the bell curve. You have those students who may be on the, on the lowest achieving end, then you've got those students who are on the highest achieving end, but the biggest group is that critical mass that's in the middle. And that's our future, and, Dennis, isn't it? Don't you think that something is, it, you said oversimplification. Do you think perhaps Troy is taking an oversimplified look at a new approach? It could be, but here's the thing. And as a parent, that my gut, my gosh, you're taking away an honors program. I'm blessed to have two kids that went through honors programs mm -hmm. in middle school. One of uh, my, my daughter, they created a brand new program for her, for her grade. And maybe this would take heart. One thing about it was, oh my gosh, this is unproven. What are we doing? It was super advanced. They didn't have some basic building blocks for like the algebra one that they were taking right out of you know elementary school. But as a result of it being new, the, the, the Royal Oak School District was very accessible to us. The teachers were open to it. The parents were more engaged. And they wanted to make it work as much as we did. So as like the beta test, the guinea pigs for this you know, uh, new program, we got through it. So, but my, but, so the go, parents, go ahead, Dennis, wrap this up your question up a minute. very quickly is, here's the thing though, like I, I also agree, like test taking, what a way to measure somebody. My daughter's stressing out on the SAT, am I gonna get into a great school? That's right. yeah. To have that at age 11, that's yeah. crazy. Great. But here's the thing, you can answer the math question, but can you tell me why, what the context is? Exactly. What's the application of that? Ooh. How does that happen? Keith, I'll give you the, I have to give you the last one because of the fact that you spent more than 35 years in education, right? right? What is it about that that you agree so strongly on? The, the last point that Dennis made, and, and, and I'm going to relate it to the testing. I scored 29 on the ACT. I'm not 29 bright, but I had a mastery of the basic skills that allowed me to do well on the ACT. And I think Mariana's concern is that for those students who are denied access to opportunity to an honors program, as I said at the beginning, is going to compromise their learning capacity. They may still be successful, sure. but their level of success will not be at the same accelerated level without I, I the honors I want to say program. thank you to all three of our guests. I want to point out I had the chance to sit on a panel with three CEOs. The three CEOs looked at a bunch of students from Canton and said to them, it's not about the test, it's not about your grade point average, it's going to get you the job. In this, in this era of, of AI, it's not about reciting information, it's about understanding how to work with people. That's something I hope is taught in curricula regardless of how we do it. Thank you all for joining us on our panel. Thank you. The situation at the border dominating headlines across the country. There's possible implications for Detroit after Title 42 expires. So what, if anything, should the sanctuary city brace for? And how can Congress stop the problem from getting worse? The debate rolls on next. Back now, let it rip. Title 42, the law that allowed the U.S. to turn back migrants at the Mexican border during the pandemic, has expired. It's been a few days now. And now border towns are bracing for a possible surge. Or are we? What needs to be done? And should Detroit itself brace because we're a sanctuary city? Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and former Oakland County Republican Party Chair Rocky Rutschkowski and Fox 2 anchored attorney Charlie Langton all with us to let it rip. And so we only have about 10 minutes. So let's get right to it. Rocky, we thought there would be this huge surge. You and I talked not long ago and you said there could be a surge. 
there's no surge. What happened? No, there still is a surge. If you look at what's happening in California, New Mexico, Arizona, there still is a surge. In Texas, there's no surge where everybody was expecting one. What happened was Governor Abbott actually sent out the National Guard and they started putting up concertina wire, which is the razor wire, and would not allow people in. And you, Fox 2, actually, and Fox and other stations covered the fact that Governor Abbott was doing the job that the national government was not doing. But Title 42 expiring didn't just mean the Texas border. Title 42 expiring meant that people can flood and have flooded Mexico and are waiting to somehow get into the U.S. Why didn't that happen? It did in California. Why aren't we covering California where they had 200,000 uh, illegal, which I will say illegal immigrants passing the border? Now listen, I'm in favor of immigration. I'm a big supporter of immigrants. My parents were immigrants. My wife came here as a young girl from Lebanon. So immigration is one thing that we should support as Americans, but we need to vet people. We need to make sure that it's done properly. What's happening right now, we're seeing the effects in New York with, with uh, immigrants being, uh, migrants being put into to schools. We're seeing what's happening in Chicago and with the sanctuary cities that are breaking the law by saying, yeah, we'll accept everyone. Now we're starting to see the real hypocrisy where they're not accepting Congresswoman, people. there's concern all over the country that perhaps if the surge does happen, that it'll be something that we can't handle. Detroit obviously is a place that people may be concerned about the same thing. People are dropping off uh, migrants as though they're chess pieces at the door yeah. of the vice president. Here we have, a concern here. Should we be a, should we be concerned? Well, first of all, I want to say something. We have needed comprehensive immigration reform in this country for decades. Republican presidents, Democratic presidents, Republican Congresses, Democratic Congresses. Nobody passes the comprehensive immigration law Why? that we need because it's a difficult subject. But the fact of the matter is, we've had a lot of businesses that need more workers. Caregiving is a huge crisis in this country. Immigrants are a source of that kind of yeah. uh, employment. But do we need to have stricter immigration laws and more comprehensive immigration laws? But Congresswoman, laws? are you saying that some of the people who we see who are only have the clothes on their back, who are trying to get in, should be somehow hired and, and, and be put to work here I think we need a process by which they go through a vetting and then they come into this country. Right now well, we that's, have... that's what our laws actually currently say. And we're not enforcing those current well, laws. You know, the same we're not enforcing. Our courts, are, you know what the Republicans did in the budget they passed last week? They cut $4 billion out of, and took 24, what did Because we have $32 billion in debt. Okay, and but it's getting the border higher, is and pretty not soon where I would take others are going to, Americans but, but, are going to get But hold on, hurt. Rocky, if the border is such a concern, and the Democrats are calling for comprehensive immigration reform, and they're saying, okay, let's throw a little bit of money at this, why would the Republicans vote against it if it's so important? Because there's different ways of stopping illegal immigration. Number one, you enforce hiring. If someone hires but an illegal, they should be fined. We should be, should be doing criminally that. Fined. And you're supposed to be checking their papers. That, that is their current papers. law. That and is, we should be enforcing and that. And employers are then supposed why to is, be held. Why isn't President Donald Biden Trump and this? Donald Trump didn't do that. Why, just uh, no, for the no, no, no. He built oh. the wall and he was enforcing the immigration laws. Why isn't this administration this enforcing the immigration laws? Charlie, Charlie, you point out, you point out that Trump and Biden don't have a lot in common, but in this case, they may have a little more than you'd believe. Trump started this Title 42 and Biden continued it along. Basically, not a lot, and no one could come into the country because of COVID, and Biden continued it. So for a little while there, they agreed on it. But the issue, though, people still came over the border. The issue that yes, I that see sure is that we nobody, we all agree that you should come into this country legally. There should be a path to citizenship, period. Correct. So why do we see all these pictures over here? The problem is, if that's our policy, we've got to make it, I guess, accessible. And we have to hire 
more people? We, it's asylum. The only way you can get in there from a country that's bad is by an asylum. Well, what does that mean? We have to have a hearing. We need more lawyers. We need more courts. And we've got to do it quickly. Otherwise, these people are living in inhumane Charlie, conditions. Charlie, do you know what they're doing now? You are that. correct. Do you know what they're doing? They're getting a cell phone. They come across. They declare that they're here for asylum. They get a cell phone by CBP issued by the U.S. government that only is a one-way cell phone. That I will grant. It's a one-way cell phone that goes to CBP and tells them when their hearing is. And it could potentially be two or three years out. Are we not a crazy country for doing that? Congress, we're not taking care of our poor in, these, in this what, country. Let, and our veterans are getting about, kicked out, but yet we're taking care of others. Let's talk about taking care of our young people in this country. Yeah. Congresswoman, you talk to families all the time. The fentanyl crisis is real and it is big. That's right. Uh, you've said in the past that, hey, drugs come in from all borders, and we get that. But we know that the Mexican border is where the majority of fentanyl comes from. How concerned are you that this lifting of Title 42 could cause an influx of fentanyl? It's something that I'm very concerned about. But look, today, the Supreme Court uh, denied or refused to hear the case on Title 42. F Title 42 was put into place based on public health, on COVID. That's COVID's correct. over. Yeah. We've said it's done. What we need to Supreme do is right stop now. using other laws and do something about pa passing comprehensive immigration reform. And, you know, you can, I love you, Rocky, but you're, I love you. everybody <laughs> is trying to do something about this border. The fact of the matter is, and it's not simple, we have people from countries, we got, I mean, Bethany uh, Orphanage, the, mother, the stories they tell me of the mothers that are trying to help that are escaping, just total hell situations of rape. I, listen, and I agree. We need to I agree, do but something, why? but we need a legal process. I agree with you, but and this administration, in the this administration and potentially others before it yes. have allowed this to happen. We've emboldened the cartels. We've emboldened the raping and the leaving of children on the borders. And that is a shame and a stain on this country and this administration. All right. What about the new rules that this administration's put forth yeah. with harsher penalties? Some would argue that that's the reason you're not seeing a surge. What do you say about oh, that? I, I completely disagree. Why? I think Mayorkas is not enforcing the, by, by reinforcing the CBP and allowing them to actually do their job. This administration just sent 1,500 1, U.S. military troops to do administrative paperwork. What are they doing? So the customer They're doing paperwork border, to bring people Rocky, in stop. instead of stopping them so at the, the border. Customer, so, the customer, so the Custom and Border Patrol officers, last Friday night, they stopped 6,400 people at the border, which was an all-time high. At but they're the doing border, their job, the, the and they're actual, turning them away. Yes. At the actual points of entry, but not at all the trails where the coyotes are using. These they, cartels they are, are taking no advantage one, no of No one is country. saying that this administration is sealing every single border and eliminating the problem. Should have built the wall. But hold on, but if you have 6,400 people, as she just pointed out, a record number, don't you think perhaps this administration's harsher penalties and new rules are working? You know what's interesting is we talk but about the 6,400. No, they're not. They're not. 6,400. We don't even have know if they're How many have come in? Because at the moment, if you get caught, you're released and you can come back in or try to That's come right. back in for the next week. And, and nobody, you get released inside under this Trump country. Or the way the laws are written, nobody has let's, enforced let's also, it. Now, let's also not if forget. you get caught, you're not allowed back in but for five years. You, and you is can there be, one thing that yeah, you'd agree with President Trump on would be the fact that he actually instituted Title 42 back into action and that he was serious about the border issue? Do you think he was getting it right? I think I actually agree with the Supreme Court today yeah, as I, I was reading a number too. of the I justices. I think Congress has a responsibility to act. The administration, the executive should not have that much authority. Debbie and I completely and you agree should on not that. be using a public health uh, directive, which, by the way, was serious. We didn't want the spread of COVID. But right now, we need to address a crisis we have in this country. Is Congress going to do it? 
Who? I, I, no. A terrorist but was stopped. I would I think a terrorist from Afghanistan here's, here's was stopped at the border. Here's, here's a problem. Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yeah. A lot of these uh, uh, people going over the was border stopped. are not coming One. in from Mexico. They're coming in from other countries. So they somehow get into Mexico illegally, I would think. And I think that we have to do is a re it's a regional problem. It's not just us and Mexico. We have to have at least Mexico to have some some boundaries there as well. The cartels I, are in charge, Charlie. I don't think everybody's coming in as a drug cartel. But, no, uh, but they are. Remember. Now you've got, so now you've got need, our, our intelligence, we, our intelligence services, Debbie can back this up, are now seeing China in Russia, helping Are individuals from Venezuela. Are you saying everybody coming in here, they're drug cartels? From no, I'm saying Venezuela, from Venezuela, from, from other nations, coming through Mexico and are being escorted by Chinese and Russian agents. Well, Congresswoman, who are, Congresswoman the data that you look at as a, as a U.S. Congresswoman, who are these people, the majority of them, coming to the border? Who are they? They're are they moms and dads? Are they people. all innocent I mean, people? You can't are they take all a No, there are people that are not, wait a minute, i got to be careful as I say no. There are people <laughs> we do not want in this country. But there are many people that there are want people the American dream. There, that's correct. There, there are, are good, good people, people and there are bad, bad people. people. The women that I've met that are escaping horrors of nightmares in Guatemala, Honduras, who the gangs there who violate them, threaten their children, rape eight-year-old girls. And that is why we should have a full policy on helping South America defend themselves and bring back democracy in South America instead of letting China run free in, in South America. I think we America. all agree on the law. It's just not being implemented right now. I've been saying. That's the problem. Because frankly, we problem. don't even have it to the extent that we need comprehensive immigration. Well, what's what it mean? What, we have about 20 seconds left. What's it going to take, Congresswoman, as someone who sits in those hollow chamber, hollow chambers, what's it going to take to get that done? Maybe it's going to take the citizens of this country demanding whether you've got a Republican or a Democratic representative that you want something done, and now is the time to act. Congresswoman Dingell, Rocky Ryszkowski, we're going to be back on the other side of this break. Stay with us. All right, final thoughts, a quick question. Congresswoman, are you hopeful something can be done? I'm going to pray. Rocky? I am, always. This All is right. a great country. Charlie? Me too. I think so. Let's do it, though. That's the best we can do <laughs> yeah. right now. That does it for this edition of Let It Rip. Thanks for joining us, everybody. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com. The Edge at 11 starts 